The following is a hoop ball presentation. Another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Devin Ellington, at D-A-L-E-007, no relation to Duke Ellington. That would be cool. We are a hoop-ball.com presentation. Hoop-ball.com. Go check that out. Come join us in the forums. Free banter sessions. Free. Free of charge. We got transactional news, tickers, blurbs, updated information up to the second. On the right-hand side, shout out to our blurb shift workers. Speaking of which, recruitment call. If you are interested in being a part of football in some sort of capacity, you know, if you think you got the chops to podcast, let's get you on today in sports betting. If you got the chops to handicap, let's start inundating you. If you've got some typing fingers that are quick and you think you can handle doing some blurb shifts for us, just typing up NBA news. Holler at myself, at Dan Bespris, Papa Dan. And then you can also email team at hoop-ball.com. Just let them know what you're interested in. You know, we have a sales side. If you are uh, comfortable hitting some heavy sales call volumes, let us know. We are growing And therefore, we need more people because the quality is what's most important. And we got to keep that up. Award-winning content from Brew, from Dan, hopefully from me and Blake here soon. Speaking of Blake, I'm going to have him join in the show today, my main man. It's middle of the week. We got some afternoon baseball. We got one postponement already. We got lots of stuff to talk about. First and foremost, well, I guess, I guess like we're on a tertiary measure now. But still important. Wager passes, $9.99, less than 33 cents a day. Even if you drink the expensive foo-foo lattes, that's less than what you're spending per day on your lattes. We've talked about my corn dog intake, and I've actually cut back a little bit. So uh, you know, I can maybe uh get someone a wager pass. If you don't want to do it, holler at me specifically, call me out. And we'll get you a wager pass. We'll figure something out. Use your promo codes for mybookie.ag and Hoopball. Oh, wow. I did that backwards, Blake. Mybookie.ag and manscaped.com. Here we go. I had some wires crossed there. Like I licked a battery or something, Blake. Uh, Blake, how you doing, man? I am doing. I am a fan of the Fufu Lattes, by the way. Like you uh, enjoy them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you go to Starbucks or do you have like a higher end local shop there? Uh, no, I don't go to Starbucks. I 
work at a breakfast place, so I oh, get all yeah, free coffee yeah. you want. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty much the start of it. Well, we can start this uh, podcast off with some some pot talk, and uh, first and foremost, Vince established this this first rule of pot talk, and that is you have to have a clean pot. A clean pot is vital. Uh, I mean, you can't just be going and getting any kind of regular old filter. I mean, you got, got to invest in your filters. You know, I, I loved working, um, in a restaurant that had an espresso machine, but boy, it was dangerous. Uh, it is. it's hard to say no. Yes. Especially when you're bartending and you know, you're going to be there till, you know, two, three in the morning. And, uh, so Long story short, personal note here for anyone who cares. I'm going to share a Devin story. Friday nights, as we would get ready for the crazy, you know, the calm before the storm, as you know, for, uh, you know, industry shifts, you know, we had uh, our, our core guys behind the bar. It was me, Richard, and Skyler. And, uh, well, Skyler used to come up with these concoctions to get us nice and ready uh, for Friday night's madness, you know, to kind of get the sweat going before we even started working. So he would craft Richard and I, as well as himself, these like espresso chocolate milk drinks. And each of them, I mean, it was like, it was in a pint glass. We would use our chilled pint glasses for the beer. And so we'd go and fill it up, you know, halfway with some milk. We'd take some espresso. We'd double shot espresso, get some ice, get some uh, chocolate syrup and shake the shit out of that. Combine it with the milk, <laughs> shake it. And, uh, we had espresso chocolate milks and we would slam, you know, like two of those before Fridays got rolling. And people thought that we were probably partaking on the, uh, uh, Kung Pao powder, but it was pure espresso. Uh, yeah. Espresso and sugar. Yeah. It was, uh, man, I definitely got the shakes, the sweats <laughs> one night. Um, I was bartending. We were shorthanded. And I was there from morning to close. So I thought it was a great idea to just slam. Uh, what I would do is I would make like a double shot of espresso and just top it with some ice and some milk and, you know, bam, bam, simple. And uh, well, I was chugging those. And I chugged like eight of them throughout the day. And then at night when I got home and I'm finally laying down, I'm sitting there feeling like my heartbeat in my eyeballs and like, I felt my pupils sweating and stuff. And I was like, what the hell? I, I thought I was like on something. And then I realized I was like, oh yeah, I drank like 13 shots of espresso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not the way to do it. You gotta, there's, there's a way to do it and mixing as much espresso and sugar together yeah. as possible is not the way to do it. Yeah. But I got um, you through the day. You know, it it got me through the day. That's for sure. Yeah, and when you work in that industry, it's just all about getting through the day. Yeah, and I don't figure out tomorrow. Tomorrow, nicotine, like a bunch of the folks in the industry. Yeah, man, I've seen so many people roll in ready to work, and they got like those industrial sized monsters, and then like they have like two cigarettes in their mouth, and I'm like, yeah, you you go, girl. (laughs) That's quite the lifestyle. (laughs) Like you smell great, <laughs> like monster and cigarettes. That that's like what half of the service industry or sugar free Red Bull. That's what half of the service industry smells like. Yeah, you're right about that. Energy drink or looks like yeah, or looks like yeah. They look mm-hmm. like Red Bull and cigarettes. Yep. 
I'm glad I got out of that industry. I got so much gray hair and so many wrinkles for only being 29, but uh, it, it's like dog years, man. It is. It is. So, well, anyways, we talked about stuff that was not sports already, and uh, we just love to banter around here. New listeners, welcome in. This is exciting. Uh, we're growing every day. Don't forget to use those promo codes. Don't forget to check out the wager pass. If you are a new listener and this is your first time listening, I'm going to challenge you to join the family further. I'm going to make it awkward for you. Speaking specifically to you, new listener, that is listening to my voice right now. You have got to go and follow Blake and I on Twitter. I'm at D-A-L-E-007. He's at Blake LaWatch, L-A-W-A-T-C-H. And then at Hootball Gaming. That's the rest of the crew. That's the show. Now, new listener, go, if you are on an Apple device, to your Apple Podcasts area. Find us, which, I mean, you're probably already listening to us, so I guess I could streamline streamline this a little more. Leave us a five-star review. Just leave us a five-star review. Take a screenshot. Send it to me. Send it to Blake. Send it to Papa Dan. Send it to team at uh, teams dash Wait, hold on. What is it, Blake? Team at hoop-ball.com. <laughs> Those hyphens always get me, especially when I start throwing them an email. Especially when they're useless. Yes, yeah. Like, they contribute they, nothing. And this domain that they have not given up in like six years like is not an active website. Like We deserve hoopball.com. Like, hoop oh, dash- yeah. You know, that almost bit me in the ass last night when I tweeted it. Yeah, yeah. He said follow hoopball.com, and they went back. And, no, there's a dash in there. Yeah, right. So we need a petition. Uh, we need new listeners like you to help us grow further. So that way we get to a point where we can just be like, yeah, we're buying this domain. Screw you. Um, so yeah, that's your homework, new listeners. And then to come back tomorrow because, uh, well, the shows for the rest of the week on top of what we've already had are going to be phenomenal. Some really good stuff this week. We got some really great content, some special guests. Yesterday, if you missed the show, we had Mr. Danny Burke from VSIN Live, the Rush Hour host, Monday to Friday. Uh, really surreal moment for me. Really cool having VSIN guys on. Um, yeah, yesterday's show was cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. It was uh, definitely an experience for me. That's Yeah, now you got me. So big, yeah, I, big step yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you are the uh, constant. You know, you're the, you're 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 what a guy like me needs uh, on a show like this. So. I wish I could be constanter, but well, everyone's got their uh, everyone's got their lives. That's yeah, for sure. You know, as we talked about off air, like I'm not going to expect any of the folks on my team to put themselves, their families, or their careers or whatever emergencies, serious matters may arise before this podcast. That is not something that would be fair to expect. But I'm very jubilant when you are on the show, Blake. Good. (laughs) I love to be here. I love talking about baseball, and I love being able to have someone else that we just deep dive baseball with, because when you're doing it solo, you can ramble. And then you can also miss some stuff and, uh, you know. Well, yeah, there's a giant ocean of things to talk about with every single game. 
yeah, like we could honestly do a podcast. We could do a 40 minute podcast on one game easily. Yeah, you could break down each pitcher. We could talk about bullpens. We could talk about hitting platoons. We can talk about splits, road splits, yep. home splits, that split versus lefties versus righties, two pitching splits. On. We could talk uh, expected Woba versus actual Woba and what mm-hmm. pitcher might overperform. And we could talk about weather. Like there's 10 to 15 minutes of weather stats that we could talk about. We got umpire stats. So if y'all want us to do just one game per podcast, we can still get you 50 minutes of good content. I'll tell you what. Um, Today's card's a little smaller than yesterday. Yesterday was the mega card, a lot of series wrapping up. Today we got series wrapping up, four-game series, uh, some three-game series. And then we've also got, let's see, I was just looking to see if we had any series starting, which we don't. Okay, that'll be tomorrow. Um, Yeah, so the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Indians, it's Lance Lynn, the left, or the righty. I just thought he was lefty because his two names start with an L. Mm -hmm. 12-10 MLB Network. Lance Lynn, 1.37 ERA against J.C. Mejia, 1-0, ERA. I think he's coming out of the Cleveland bullpen to make this start. He's normally a relief guy for them, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Um, yeah, he just came out of AAA. AAA, okay. That's, I, I, I recognize this kid's name, and I wasn't sure if he'd been in the rotation because he got the one win, so he probably picked up like a late game win or something. Um, you wanted to talk about this game first. Lance Lynn is just how how good has he been since he's left St. Louis? I mean, even his time at Texas. I mean, yeah, I he was just complete gaming like every other start um, in Texas. Yeah, man. Five years ago, I would not have expected him to be this good. Out of Pitching him, for the White Sox, <laughs> Michael Walker, and Adam Wainwright, those three Cardinals pitchers. The trajectory of all those three guys and where they are currently, did you expect Lance Lynn to be like the best part of a No, I expected Walker. I was high on Walker. Yeah, yeah. Which he's in Tampa Bay now? Yeah, he's somewhere. Not sure what he's doing anymore. I honestly think he's on the IL currently. I know I've talked about him this season, and he's with... Yeah, he's with the Rays. He's with the Rays? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I expect a lot out of him. Wainwright makes sense just because he's older. Older, yeah. But Lynn, I did not expect him to be good. He's like four years older than these three guys, or these two guys? Uh, It feels like he's 100. It feels like he's been around. I remember Wainwright was pitching, I mean, when I was in middle school, easily. I mean, I remember being eighth grade and Wainwright being a Cardinal. Yeah. That's what it feels um, like. You know, my 10-year high school anniversary was this year, so it's like eighth grade. Comes up fast, huh? Yeah, so like 15, like Wainwright's been pitching for going on 15 years. Holy hell. Golly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's 40, I think. That's crazy. Yeah, I know he's like 36, 37 up there somewhere. Um, it's crazy. You know, it's like you get to a point in life where the number of people older than you don't increase. And yeah. <laughs> I think actually you start 
your life like that. But I was trying to get philosophical. <laughs> no, um, I get what you're saying. <laughs> everyone's like, wait, how's that work? Right. Um, Honestly, I never thought that before. But it's a big slap in the face when you get to the age where you are now older and you forever will be now older than the majority of professional athletes and you are definitely older than any collegiate athlete you know it's a it's a weird thing to see a 19 20 year old kid winning the national championship and you're 26 27 like i used to be that young yep and I you're sitting on the couch watching them. Yeah, it's 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 really weird how life does that. How <laughs> it it is. just cranks up the time volume. Like All of a sudden, you're the old man. All of a sudden, it's like 15 years ago. I'm not even 15 years. Oh yeah, I am. I'm almost 30. Yeah, like it. It's crazy. I was thinking about that last night. Just like the concept of time. Yeah. <laughs> like for, and I put it in the perspective that. There are so many guys in the league. You know, we're going on Steve, like just for example, I'm going to throw a name out there. Steven Matz has almost been in the majors for 10 years. Like, really? When did that happen? No idea. Um, guys in the NBA, you know, I talked about Rondo yesterday, but Rondo's like almost a 15 year vet. Like, yeah, I find it weird how everyone's talking about Steph Curry coming into the end of his career. No, it's maybe on Twitter. I'm like, didn't he just get in the league? I swear to God, he's. I mean, he's been in about ten years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I know him and Gordon Hayward. Because like, like it was Hayward. just at Davidson like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, like all these guys, which makes sense because they came out, you know, right around the time I was yeah. in high school. But I mean, well, I still, Russell Westbrook's been in 11, 12 years now. Yeah, I still think of all of them in college, kind of. Right, just little babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, was talking about Pac-12 basketball and how, like in the early 2000s, they were just, the individual talent that they had coming out of the conference. You know, USC had Taj Gibson and DeMar DeRozan. Oregon had Aaron Brooks. Arizona State had James Harden. UCLA had Love and Westbrook as well as uh-huh. Drew Holiday. Um, you know, I could think of some. Uh, Washington had Brandon Roy. Uh, I mean, there was just the, the Pac-12 in the early 2000s was just. Oof. Yeah, there's a lot of them. A lot of great talent. I early, watched Dylan Brooks at Oregon miss a uh, game-winning layup live. Yes. So that's my first that. thought when I think of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then it's funny because you got Dylan Brooks and then Aaron Brooks, and Dylan Brooks is currently in the NBA and yeah. playing for the Grizzlies, and he went to Oregon also. Mm-hmm. No relation. It's just kind of funny how that works. Brooks is yeah. a little common last name, I guess, but it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. College basketball, NBA, all of it, life, time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, all right, let's get back to baseball. I'm not even sure how we ended up in that tangent. Uh, it's my fault. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> I honestly don't know. I'm the host here. Um, all right, so the White Sox, the Indians. White Sox have dipped down to minus 150 on the money line. Um, there's been tons of movement. Um, it opened at – here, I got my opening number. 
minus 170. And now we're down below minus 150 at minus 140. You know, there's possible light rain. So there's a chance that we get delayed and sporadic activity in this game. With a pitcher dom- as dominant as Lynn, I'm not sure if that's going to matter. Cleveland has been scoring a lot of runs lately, but I mean, Lance Lynn's on the mound, so I'm not even looking at the over. We got this Mejia kid that I don't really know anything about. Another mystery that's going to keep me off of the total. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at, and it's fishy, but maybe the mob did it to get this number. <laughs> and uh, the... Minus 140 number is looking very, very good to me, especially after it dropped that much. But yeah, I, when I turned on my computer and I looked at the games, I was I was planning on backing the White Sox, but those odds are just not very good. I'm surprised they're this big of favors, to be honest. Uh, Mankata was ruled out with rest. Oh, with rest? Okay. I'm sure that's, that's crazy that it swung at 30 cents like that. One guy. Yeah, especially in baseball. Yeah, this Gene Carlos Mejia, man, he has average numbers, average minor league numbers. He's had a good 2021 and very few starts, so I'm not buying into any of that. He doesn't, just, have, he doesn't have a lot of movement on his pitches, does he? Not that I know of. Yeah. He doesn't have very good numbers. I mean, yeah. they're very mediocre. It just seems like a pitcher that the White Sox would bash. Even though they're going against righties, you know, we would prefer to yeah. back them against lefties. Yeah, but they're still good against righties. They're they just are. great against lefties. Yeah, yeah. And their OPS is as a team. You know, their team OPS, I'm sure. And I'll pull it up here since you're usually the data bank guy, but I know exactly where this stat is in my stuff. Uh, and I'll get to that in a little bit while it loads. But uh, their OPS is a team. They're pretty good. Um a lot of guys in the 800s, 700s, high 700s. They got guys that are creeping up towards 900. You know, just for Yoan Mankata being out and it to swing this much, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, with that being said, it, I mean, it's fishy, but and we're going up against a random pitcher that we really don't know anything about. White Sox are on the road. And if memory serves me right, Blake, you and I have not done super well on the White Sox. We gave up hope quick on them in the early parts of the season and betting on them. But, I mean, I think this – I mean, obviously it's a White Sox or nothing play. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, Moncada does have the highest OPS against righties on the White Sox, so that's kind of a bummer. He is their 900 guy, isn't he? Uh, 887, so yeah. 887, gotcha. Yeah, this game's um, a complete stable, which is a bummer. So I do like back in the, I've been back in the White Sox a lot lately to much success. Yeah, I've seen you and you've been on a hot streak. And speaking of which, guys, if this isn't reason enough to follow Blake, I don't know what is, but he damn near just hit a week straight of free picks all for you on Twitter, just free money. And I, I, you know, I don't know how you didn't see it coming, Blake, but I, you know, I, lo- I lost a little faith in you that you didn't handicap those 17 <laughs> runs from Philly yesterday. Yeah. I even went back to see you the last time they scored 17 runs and it was three years ago. Three, three years ago, 2018. I thought you said 30. I was like, Damn. no, Big yeah, in 2018, they, they scored Big 20 schnitt. once and 17 once. But uh, dude, yesterday, I was, that was probably the most confident free play I had all week. Yep. And then it didn't hit and whatever. That's baseball. 
It is. It is. In my little recap, I, I typed something out like that saying it's just one of those games. You know, say what you want about me as a host, but boy, boy, howdy. I'll tell you, I, I got a decent memory. The White Sox, top team in the majors on OPS. Or uh, on base percentage, I'm sorry. So maybe I should. Oh, highest uh, on base percentage, okay. Maybe I should look at the right stats. On base plus slugging. Uh, yep, they're not number one. They're number six. They're 747. Close. First place is Toronto, 766. Houston, 763. Boston, 758. The Dodgers at fourth with a 751. Atlanta, rounding out five at 750. So 750 seems to be the uh, elite echelon of on base plus slugging percentages. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really mean much, but Cleveland is bottom five at home, OPS. In allowing or as an offense? As an offense, they're bottom five at home. In a way, the White Sox are still six. Best. Um, I don't gonna, think that means much, but it's interesting. I mean, it could play into it a bit. You it know, could. if we're looking at specific angles, uh, you know, that w- one thing I would say about Mankata being out. Guys like Vaughn and Zach Collins, I think we're going to see a little highlight reel of them tonight. You know, they're going to step up. Those guys yeah, are Yeah, really Vaughn's good. exciting. I like him a lot. Vaughn is really good. And then Nick Madrigal, you know, I was watching that kid at Oregon State. Really, really, really love what he brings. Great yeah. defender, but very savvy hitter. Oh, very absolutely. He just gives you a chance every time. He doesn't, every time. He doesn't swing and miss much. He doesn't chase much. Um, Cleveland has an opponent on base plus slugging percentage of 677 on the year. Their last three games, they are averaging over the last three as a defense, 904, which is third most, fourth most, third most, can't count, fourth most. (laughs) I keep going back and forth. Um, And then at home, they allow a 723 uh, on base plus slugging, which is higher than their away number. So, okay. Yeah, so we're saying Cleveland's bad at home. White Sox over four and a half. I was just looking at that. You know, Cleveland is has a better record on the road than they do at home. Which is weird. I mean, we're seeing that with a lot of teams this year. Yeah, it's not a lot, but it's they're sixteen and twelve on the road, thirteen and twelve at home. So they'll get to five hundred tonight. I love finding those games where it's like this is where the balance should be, and this is where five hundred pure balance will happen. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a thought process I need to have more often. Because um, things are going to level out eventually, and I don't I don't see that a lot. Yeah, like I could see Cleveland losing their next two home games to get them under five hundred. Like it's like that swing, like that momentum probability swing that's probably going to happen. You know? Yeah. Minus one and a half at plus one hundred five. Not enough money in it for me. And the White Sox. So White Sox over four and a half. White Sox minus one forty. I think those are some good plays. We might have a little overlay on this game. Um, yeah, so. kind of like the White Sox first five minus a half minus one ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of like that's kind of speaking to me the most. It's a White Sox kind of day. And there's just yeah. There's, if you're back in the Indians, you're purely gambling. Yes, which we are gamblers. Or you're a family member of this uh, Mejia guy. Yeah. Or you like to lose. Or you're in the mob and you know what you're doing. Or, you, or you're a ref and you are in the game. 
or an umpire. You just have a crap ton of money and you don't care where it goes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or not me. (laughs) I was seeing how long we were going to keep that going. Well, we got plenty of options. (laughs) Uh, Or. um, (laughs) All right. So let's talk about and we got some 11 o'clock games, too. Um, Yeah. Cool. Um, 1135. No, no, no. We don't have this one anymore. Philly Cincinnati got postponed. I was on over eight and a half in this one uh, just because overs um, at Great America Ballpark is a lifeblood and I will never be taking another under um, at Great America Ballpark. So, um, but that game's postponed, which is fine. Sucks. I had it as a play in that hundred play challenge uh, that I'm in on Twitter. So now I'm down to two plays, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I throw yeah, basketball play in there. There's plenty of options. Dude, I, I'm looking through like some of the people that are in this challenge. And uh, it, for for the listeners, uh, I joined this. There's 30, 32 cappers in this challenge. And you have to make minimum 10 plays per week. And you have to uh, make 100 plays. And whoever has the best winning percentage after 100 plays wins the challenge. Get a pat and on the back. A pat on the back and some nice old Twitter notoriety. And some followers, yep. And some followers. I've already gotten some followers off of just participating in this, and it's really awesome, man. It's, uh, you know, I just kind of jumped in. Like, I retweeted the guy's thing, and he was like, well, we got a few spots left, and I was like, uh, okay. Like, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm timid about it. I'm going to get my <laughs> ass kicked. But uh, no, nonetheless, you know, check out um, it's at sports betting underscore phenoms is the account hosting the, uh, the challenge. And um, it's just kind of cool, you know, or I'm sorry, it's just sports underscore phenoms. The account is sports betting phenoms. So, so yeah, check them out, check the contest out, keep tabs on it. We're just starting. I'm Owen one Tampa Bay with that freaking just, uh, I don't want to talk about extra innings. <laughs> Lost two bets last night. Yeah. That's the temptation towards the first five. Once it's yeah. over, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. But you could also lose quicker. But yeah, that's also what sucks about the first five. Is <laughs> you feel like once it's over, it's over. There's no. You get into a bad mood earlier in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is fine. I'm, I like being in a bad mood. Yeah. We are all about the curmudgeon activities. Right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I need to stop being so selfish and talking about myself. Uh, check out the hundred cap, hundred day challenge thing, Emajig, that I just talked about. Let's get more into some games. Um, make sure I'm not skipping any rotational time spots here. One twenty, Papas, Cubbies, Cubs. I got them at minus one hundred five on the money line last night. Do you see where they're at currently? Wow, I do. Minus you minus twenty five. It's minus one thirty on my bookie. Do you know? Do you see who's pitching for the Cubbies? Yeah, I like this man a lot. Pass the Alzale. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little high on him right now. Hopefully, someone understood that reference. What was it? I did not get it. You do you remember that P Diddy song? Pass the Cervasier. No. Oh. Okay. 
Not my style. Uh, yeah. Hey, hip hop, rap, especially 90s and early 2000s. It's my lifeblood. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying lifeblood a lot today, more than I've said in like the last year of my life. Uh, and um, anyway, Alzale. Uh, Blake, if you get bored today and you need to watch some hip hop R&B stuff, just look up past the Servassier. Maybe I will just for you. It's it's got Busta Rhymes in it. It's got a funny little cut scene. All right. It's, uh, it's kind of like where I first heard the "Put some respect on on my name." Oh, okay. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of comedians in it, like uh, a bunch of the people that used to do the uh, Eddie Murphy style comedy. The uh, yeah, 90s like Bernie stuff. Mac. Those guys. The uh, what was it? The the Godfather's a comedy or whatever. The Bernie Mac. Yeah, that's the Cedric 90s. The Entertainer. Anyways, a bunch of those guys are in the music video. Uh, really funny. Past the Alzheimer's yeah. is what I was getting at. But Danielson Lamette, man, he's a good pitcher too. Powerful, strong, ox-like righty. 2.57 ERA. What's going on with the Cubs? Uh, they've won like a lot of games in a row. <laughs> and we, we being me, a Cubs fan, and that's, I think, like 23 or 24. I, it's, I've had like a week or so gap in saying that I'm a Cubs fan. So, um, eight and a half is the, I'm sorry, seven is the total Cubs major shift in line movement from minus one Oh five to minus one twenty five, And then they've got a plus one seventy number on their run line play. The Cubs do. And if they hadn't won so many games in a row already right now, like I would jump all over that. Oh wait, no, they lost to never mind. They lost to Cincinnati. I forgot about that in the last game against Cincinnati. But in their last 10, they're 8 and 2. They are 20 and 9 at home. I bet the I think that is the best home record in the majors. Yeah, they're big time back at home team. Like Are we back in the Cubs today late, Blake? With all I want to. I definitely want to. I don't think Lamette is as good as his numbers show he is. Yeah. I think he has all the potential in the world for sure, though. He's also still getting inundated, so I think this is a good attack low moment. Um, Alzale has just been phenomenal. Eight-mile-per-hour wind in. I don't have an opinion on the total. All right, so I'm going to point out Scott Barry's umpire stats here. His home money line record is three and four, and the under record is three and four. So we have a chance for Scott Barry to have two statistical measures reach that 500 mark that we were just talking about and stuff balancing out. Okay. Yeah. I like, say I like the that Cubs angle. win and if the under hits. So I could definitely see the Cubs win in this game. I could see the under hitting for sure. I, yeah. Um, I like the under in this one. The only. Because both teams have great bullpens. Yeah. But so, speaking of... Oh, wait. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Don't listen to me. No, I think Cubs money line... The run line just scares me because if they're going to get that run line, they're going to have to get it all in the first five innings or um, however long the Met goes. Yeah. Because just like yesterday, both bullpens were locked down. Neither neither bullpen allowed a run. I think it's yeah. going to be fairly similar today. The slight wind, you'd be surprised what a slight Chicago wind will do to a ball game. But Fernando Tatis is going to be, he's listed questionable on this one. Make sure to keep an eye out on that. But we're seeing the jump 
from minus 105 to like we lost 20 cents. So I'm guessing that he's going to be ruled out. Um, I think that's what that line movement's telling us. So with no Tatis, I think that back in the cut. And again, for me, I've got a little more value in it because of the minus 105 point I was able to jump in on. I don't know if I'm as confident and I don't think I am in the minus 125. It just, that value diminishment just doesn't do it for me, you know? Yeah. I, I think I might do the first five run line here for the Cubs. I might have to follow you on plus one. Their offense has been clicking lately. Their offense has been clicking. Alzal has been clicking his ERA in May was a lot better than it was in April. Yeah. He's... And Lamette's expected ERA is like three runs higher than his actual ERA. Wow. I forget exactly what it was. Uh, almost, yeah, two and a half runs higher. That's crazy. Looking yeah, back to Cubs today. Yeah, as am I. All right. Their team total is three and a half. Just throwing that out there. For the Cubs? Yeah. Minus uh, 120. Yeah, minus 120. I hate that. I wish they would just make it higher and make the line more like minus 110. Like, just give me four and let's roll. I'll, I'll, I'll split it in the middle, like minus 115. I'll be Yeah. Like, just give me a chance at the push, you know, and you see that with these team totals. Like, they do the half runs for a reason because they don't want yeah. you know those pushes mm-hmm. hoop ballers let's talk about your balls yep your balls in the area around them let's talk about manscaped.com go there and use promo code Hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like the Lawn Mower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the Gooch. It is hard to get to the Gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razor. Full, long battery life. Then check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, These things are waterproof, so that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. HoopBall20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen, face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah, that's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article in the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. 
Yes, mybookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Let them know that we sent you. Hell, specifically type in my name. I want them to know. But most importantly, you got to let them know what podcast that is. And it is Today in Sports Betting. You let them know that we sent you. And then we, as a family, get to grow. And then we get to set you up to reap more benefits. And that is what's important to us because we are here to help you win money. And that is why we recommend my bookie. Their slogan is bet, win, get paid. And it's quite simply that easy. Use Bitcoin to get going. It's a high recommendation of VM Center at Vince Miracle, our guy. It's a recommendation of me. It's so easy. Dan Bespris, the podfather, Aaron Bruski, the godfather, they get in there, they get going with Bitcoin, they get their money in and out, and it's easy peasy. Who balls the promo code? Use that. Let them know that we sent you mybookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now, as a podcast, we have your balls and your bets covered. And without further ado, we have today in sports betting. Um, all right. Mets, Diamondbacks, formerly known as the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Mets, God dang, man. Another <laughs> freaking walk-off loss last night. Had Mets in the wager pass minus 120. They were winning this game 4-0 going into the 7th or the 8th. And they lose... I think it was five, four, six, five, something. And they freaking scored a run in the top of the 10th, too, or top of the 11th. And then they get walked off in the bottom of the. Come on. (laughs) Why even score that damn run? Like, what's the freaking point of that? I don't know. To piss you off. Did you see what I said on your tweet, though? Like, the uh oh, which one or i said i i yeah I, was, I tweeted a lot last night um oh yeah the little I, puke emojis that's yeah right. i was like and watch matt's about to and it was before it went to extra innings and then like right as i sent that bottom of the ninth mother freaking uh diamondbacks score run i'm like oh i tried to opposite jinx it but it didn't work yeah the diamondbacks have such a bad bullpen yeah that that makes it so hard makes it so hard to handicap and then like just with how dominant the met well and then the mets pitching staff honestly like stroman went six again i think which is what i thought he was going to do and he didn't allow a run you know he stroman's dealing this year and i love it yeah it's nice he's good for baseball yeah he was one of my favorites in toronto i just i i love his pitching approach just the way he's he's patient but like he's not scared you know he's not timid um they got david peterson on the mound the lefty one and four 4.91 era we got bum on the mound he's no longer mad bum he's just bum he's just regular bum he's just bum uh four and five 5.15 5 era all right we got two lefties on the mound the over-under is eight and a half. Arizona slugs really, really, really well against lefties. Peterson's probably the weakest link of this starting rotation for the Mets. And the Mets offense has come to life lately. And the damage that they do against lefties, you know, you got guys like McCann stepping in. 
VR can even get it done. Lindor's starting to hit. He had a nice RBI triple last night. McKinney, I've talked about this guy a couple times, but since they traded for him, he's just been dynamite. Dom Smith is healthy again. He almost hits 300 against lefties. McKinney hits 400, has a 984 OPS. Pete Alonzo back to being a bit more healthy, hitting bombs and dingers now. And he had an extra base hit last night. Look for the Mets to start ramping up offensively. I know that is just a weird thing to say, but I, you know, they went through some unhealthy stretches of time. They acquired some pieces that were important and they've got guys now stepping up. Lindor's hitting like it, it was just only a matter of time. The sky was falling in New York. Oh, why did we give him all this money? Like you're going to start seeing why the Mets gave Lindor all that money. Like we are about to see Lindor take off, I think. And then you toss in the fact that Arizona has four guys that hit 455 against lefties and then a guy that hits 379 and Carson Kelly against lefties. Um, you know, I would be definitely okay going over eight and a half as well as looking at both team totals and taking both team totals over because I think the game script just really calls for it. Yeah, I agree. Peterson's not very good. Mad Bum is becoming again what we thought he was going to be. He started the year off so bad, and then he got good for a month or whatever. Through his a last, no-hitter. Yeah, his last two games, he's allowed 11 earned runs between the two of them. Ugh. Yeah, so I, I couldn't agree more with the over. There are some major juice numbers, though, on the Mets team total, and it makes it a little fishy for me. Mets over 4.5 is at plus 105. Under 4.5 is at minus 135. And then we look at the Arizona team total. I love looking at these shadings and like just trying to figure out the psychology of what people, the bookmakers are going to think is what's going to happen. You know, Arizona's got a shade of minus 126 to over four on their team total, minus 103 on under four. So what we're seeing is and then the under of eight and a half is getting shade of minus 115 versus minus 105 for over eight and a half it looks like in Mets are the underdog and it because of peterson you know i i don't blame them but i blame them uh look who the mets are batting against but i mean so pretty much what we're seeing is vegas is saying arizona is going to win this game the total is going to go under and arizona's team total is going to hit mets team total will not and I can't agree with. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how they think the Diamondbacks are going to win, and the toll is going to go under. Which I mean, I didn't see the Diamondbacks winning last night, but uh, <laughs> you know, you can't see them ever winning. Yeah, you know, it's getting the Mets is a plus money, even money underdog is. I mean that. It's a lot of value, in my opinion. Minus one and a half at plus one sixty. You know, I'm not looking to do that with the Mets right now because I can't recall the last time they won a game by more than two other than that 11-run outage they just had. Um, yeah. Yeah, could, I just – a lot of fishiness in this game. You can never back the Mets on the run line if they're the favorite because that implies yeah. they'll score at least two runs. Yeah. Which is a lot to ask for sometimes. It is. But – they have scored at least 
four runs in four straight games. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have too many good pieces on that team to be that bad offensively. Well, and right now they're missing Conforto too, so people need to remember that. That's that could be why they're getting a little less love right now too. You know, one of those games they scored four runs is because Degrom was pitching yeah, and hitting. He, he, yep, he, uh, he, he got that RBI single. I think. Did you see how that broke down? RBIs. Yeah, the can of corn or the Texas leaguer beforehand. God, both of us had that under. Yeah, we did. <laughs> There's two outs. The as outfielders soon as that had happened, a fly ball drop between them. Like as they both stared at each other. As soon as they let the fly ball drop, I said, yep. "The under is dead." Yep, and, and they that, intentionally walked the number eight guy to get to Degrom. Yeah, like Degrom's a great pitcher. He played position skill play, or he was a position player. Yeah, in he's college. just a baseball player. He's good. He knows what he's doing. He can hit. He was one of the better position players in college than when he played. It's like, he is ridiculous. a and, and then in the seventh inning, they let him hit the top yeah. of the seventh. They let him hit. So I assumed he was coming in the bottom of the seventh to pitch, but he didn't. Right. Which implies that he is one of their better hitters. Yeah. Like he gave them the better hitting option than their bench players. So I could not believe that happened. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So MLB teams, starting pitchers, pitching coaches, listen, don't intentionally walk to get to Grom. <laughs> He's a good hitter. He can, he can hit. He has twice ruined an under for me offensively. Yeah. Yeah. Twice this year, he has ruined an under for me. I think I've been on both of those also because I know exactly what you're referencing. Man. Pissing me off. Baseball's weird. Um, all right. Let's talk some... Uh, Evening time games. We got some stuff starting at six. Probably going to pick up the pace a little here, rapid fire a little bit because, uh, well, we're going to have a little overlay on today's show, but I want to make sure to get this out right in time for that Chicago White Sox Cleveland game. Uh, we got lucky with Philly Cincinnati getting postponed. Uh, but this Mets Arizona game is going to be a fun game on YouTube at 240 Central. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, like I said, over eight and a half. If you're going to back a side, yeah, you got to go Mets. They got the better pitching staff, even though they collapsed last night. Um, maybe they lose two in a row here, but I, I don't know. Both teams hitting lefties. They they like to do it. So, um, Minnesota and Baltimore. I uh, have tried to make two plays on the first two games of this series, and I am 0 for 2. I tried to go over one night. It went under. I tried to go under yesterday. It went over. Of course. But, yeah. You know, I totally saw Baltimore scoring uh, <laughs> seven runs. Like, I, I, I was all on that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, not at all. <laughs> um, today, the total is nine and a half in their game. Uh, Camden Yards, winds blowing 10 miles per hour to left, mostly cloudy, 71 degrees. Minnesota minus 140 is the favorite. I don't think so. Randy Dobnak, handlebar, handleman himself, one and four, 6.49 ERA. Terrible. Matt Harvey, Matt Harvey Dent. He is uh, going to be making a start today. He's got a 6.84 ERA. You want to guess where I'm going, Blake? Uh, yeah, over? I think so. Yeah. Over nine and a half, minus one fifteen. That's just what they want you to do, though. I know. But hey, you know what? 
last start Randy Dobnak had, I was on the over and it hit. And last start Matt Harvey was in, I had the over and it hit. So yeah, uh, neither of these teams hit righties very well. Orioles hit lefties pretty well, but this kind of screams stay away from me. Yeah, and Matt Harvey's been better at home, which doesn't mean anything because he's still been bad. Mm-hmm. Randy Dobnak's just straight up bad. His baseball savant page is so gross to look at. He's like one of the worst pitchers in majors. His percentiles yeah, are like all blue, aren't they? It's all blue except for walks. He's he's very right. red, yeah, so he doesn't yeah, walk we anybody. About this, yeah. Oh yeah, the the last game we talked about, he was pitching in was that Royals game with uh against Brad Keller, and we yeah, were trying to figure out gave up six runs. Their weird no walk, no strikeout. Oh yeah, all for budget numbers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nine and a half is a lot though. That I really like for this Baltimore team, and the more I'm looking at this. No, I'm looking and I kind of like Baltimore as an underdog tonight. Yeah. Um, there's a reason as to why it's low. I mean, plus 125 is not that low. Um, or not that. Wait, what am I trying to say? Not that high. Not that good. Not that good. Not that large. <laughs> uh, not astronomical. Um, it's actually kind of. I mean, it speaks truth to what Minnesota's been doing this year. Uh, Baltimore, they almost lost like 15 or 16 games in a row. Uh, they were trying to break history and tie that 20 in a row that the 88 team did with Cal Ripken in his second year. Uh, but, you know, at home, they're 7-19. and 19. They're bad. But on the road, the uh, Twins, 10-14. and 14. Mm-hmm. And... Look, the fact of the matter is it's Baltimore and it's Minnesota. These teams are bad. But what I'm looking at is an underdog that I like. So I'm going to go over nine and a half. I'm holding on the plus 125 Baltimore. There are some names that are uh, on the injury report. I want to see what happens when lineup set. But uh, on tally site, I'll definitely be trying to go for a trifecta of over nine and a half Baltimore to win, and then Baltimore plus one and a half at minus one twenty-five. Yep, I'm actually locking that in right now on tally site. <laughs> As you were talking, I'll get uh, I'll get to mine after the show. Yeah, man, we agree too much. I I'm on the Orioles money line as well. I don't see the point in not taking that risk. Minnesota's just allowing so many runs right now. Like yeah, they got their just, worst pitcher going. Yeah. Matt Harvey is bad, but he's not he gives him a chance, I guess. I mean, he's not a left-handed pitcher. And yeah, you know, we all know about the twins just absolutely crushing lefties. Do so, you know I mean, what you got Matt Harvey's ERA in May was though? Was it like nine? <laughs> it was nine six four. Dang. In April is four two six. All right. So we got a we got a trend here every other month. Oh, there you go. See, that's I need I need to have that thought process more. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like definitely no concrete way of betting and it's just complete like just ir- illogical, but you know, for me it makes me feel good. I'm like, yeah, these numbers are the way they are. They should even out. Let yeah, well, this guy. Water always levels out eventually. And like, that's Yeah, I mean, it, and there's balance and gravity for a reason. Yep. I mean, it's the, every bit of chaos has a controlled aspect. 
So yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt Harvey's just been so gross. I don't know. Yeah. I might stay away. See, but Minnesota strikes out a bunch, so maybe he, uh, maybe he, he's got that weird slider. You know, he's got that weird slider that he can get to come across the face, but just clip the outer left side part of the plate. That is so hard for right-handed batters to pick up. Yeah. So maybe he gets, if he gets that pitch going today and then his fastball has better movement than normal, I could see a good start out of Matt Harvey, five innings. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm going to predict it. I'm going to say Matt Harvey, five and one thirds pitched, two earned runs. Wow. I like it. Four strikeouts. Yeah. I think his biggest problem is he started throwing a sinker again this year. He didn't throw it last year for good right. reason, and he barely threw it in 2019. But he's brought it back, and it's just getting mashed. He leaves it in the middle of the zone constantly, and it's just getting mashed. 405 batting average. Oof. Yeah, it's, nobody's swinging and missing at it. And you're right, his slider is his biggest swing and miss pitch. It's just filthy. He just throws that sinker right down the middle. Misses so much on it. Um, he needs to stop throwing that. Yeah, someone needs to tell him something. Someone has Over to be telling him something. Is probably the safest bet for me on this one. Love Baltimore as an underdog, though. We're going to see. I'm going to figure out where I'm putting that in the card today. Um, Tampa Bay, New York. I don't want to talk about this game. I'm salty. I'm pissed. <laughs> Freaking Clint Frazier. Um, McClanahan, Montgomery, both lefties, Yankee Stadium, over under eight and a half. Tampa Bay plus 115 as the underdog. The, look. I can't back the Yankees right now. Their offense is just too bad, even though they just walked off with a two-run homer uh, last night. But look, it's they're not producing right now. Um, look, I'll just rattle off their last five games and let be be mindful that three of them, three of these games, were against the Detroit Tigers. Started on May 28th, they lost 3-2. The 29th, they lost 6-1. The 30th, they lost 6-2. The 31st, they lost to the Rays 3-1. Last night, they won 5-3. They've only scored five runs once in their last five. And I'm sure we could extrapolate that a little further. But their over-unders right now in their last 10, 2-8 to the under, at home, 10 and 17. But what's weird is Tampa Bay on the road, 19 and 7 to the over. That is so weird. That is, that is weird. That is wild. You know, there was a point in time where I was targeting Montgomery and trying to attack him for overs. I, I just don't know about this left-handed pitching at Yankee Stadium. What I noticed uh, is left-handed pitching – can have some very strong outings at Yankee Stadium, just the way the ball flies, comes off the lefty's hand. Obviously, we know about left-handed or left-handed batting, lefties, and you know, getting it over that short wall. I, with the extra innings, with the lefties, McClanahan's been decent. Montgomery's been decent lately. I could see the under being in play here. Um, 
the Yankees inefficiencies as an offense, I think they they they've not moved on from them. They're still there. So I'm pissed at Tampa Bay, so I'm not playing a side, but I would entertain under eight and a half. Yeah, my only fear is both teams hit lefties pretty good. They do. They do. That is they my... actually get an upgrade. And, you know, I was wanting to point that out, but I figured we'd get to it. And that, that that's the biggest thing. You know, that's that's what we handle with, with this handicapping thing sometimes is we have such good points of data on both sides that they just conflict each other. Yeah, they conflict each other hard. and you stay away. Yeah, it, it it just makes it really hard to uh, decide which way to go. So yeah, I think if I'd do anything, I'd take the raise money line, but I don't. I, it's I'm gone not going to do from it. It's plus 110 to plus 115. Plus 115, that's nice. Montgomery just hasn't been the same since his uh, Tommy John he had yeah. two years ago or whatever. Now, he has looked good. And his, I think he, the last couple of starts, he's uh, he's had a couple good starts. But yeah, the lefty upgrade. Now, one thing I will say, though, like there are some guys that get a major downgrade against lefties um, between both these lineups. Austin Meadows goes from a 241 to a 163. Joey Wendell, uh, 293 to 179. Uh, looking for big jumps here. How about this? Brad Lowe, or is it Brad or Brandon? Brandon. Lowe. I don't know. One's low, one's low. Brandon Lowe hits. Oh, 73 against lefties. <laughs> he probably won't be in the lineup then. That's very true. That's a good point. <laughs> Mike Brousseau hits 213. Um, the Yankees against lefties. Gary Sanchez goes from 202 to below the Mendoza line at 195. Clint Frazier hits a buck 80. Aaron Judge hits 400. Miguel Andohar, who is not hitting anything the last month. Hits 172, comes down from his 239 number. Glaber Torres sits around a 250. And Carlos uh, Stanton, about a 250. So, I, you know, there are a good chunk of batters receiving a downgrade. Keep an eye on who's platooned and find those guys in the lineup. If, if the lineup's set and we have these guys who are weak against left-handed hitters or pitchers, then the under is going to be in play for me. The under's already a lean slash hold for me right now, but I'll definitely, definitely be looking at getting some action uh, once lineups are set. Wind is blowing away from the right, away from the right field wall, going right to left. Yeah, yeah it's blowing right foul pole to left foul pole. Yeah, for whatever that means, and it's almost double digit win too yeah i think i said 10 miles an hour uh the rays are just so good at on the road yeah makes me want to back the rays like team total maybe yeah the money line's plus 115 i don't know three and a half i'm staying away total. from this game i want to see here i'm i'm pulling something up real quick and we can move on from this game yeah everything in this game just contradicts itself i want right. to see what the Rays have been doing runs per game on the road. Um, and then like kind of recently what they've been doing. How about this though? Like I wasn't expecting this, but Tampa Bay's had a really good month and a half. They've moved up to top 10 and runs per game. So we think of them as a crap offense and a small ball offense, but they're up to almost five runs a game, 4.93 uh, 
right now. They uh, on the road. Oh boy! Oh, boy. <laughs> I just saw that too, dude. They're the you best. You see road. their home number compared <laughs> yeah. to their dude. Three point seven five runs scored at home. Six point one one on the road. Best road team, offensively. Over three and a half. Oh my! I like that. You're talking me into this. It's Montgomery. Uh, mm. I wonder if I could find over three at like minus 130, minus 135. I would take that if I found it. I just want that push, you know? Yeah, Yankees just have a good bullpen. They do. But Montgomery. (laughs) Gosh, I don't know. This is tough. This is I'm struggling with this one the most. I yeah, did not expect this. The journal means stay away. I like the Rays. You got to back the Rays in some way or stay away. I think I'm I, all right. I'm going team total. Um, I'm going team total. Yeah, over three and a half. It's just you can't ignore those road numbers. Those roads. Yeah, are just. I agree, and they hit lefties well. Montgomery's not the best. He's gotten a little bit better throughout the year. Like, don't get me wrong. There are significant downgrades, but if they platoon those guys out and they are able to strengthen their hitters against lefties, I'm all in on that even more so. It might bump up to a two-unit play. Mm, I like it. But um, what else we got? What else we got? Let's talk uh, Miami-Toronto. This was another game I pulled off the card last night. Should have had a winner on. I had under... It went under. <laughs> Robbie Ray's just been pitching so good for the Blue Jays. And, uh, you know, last night Alcantara was on the mound for the Marlins. So, yeah, of course, I was like, under. Absolutely. And then uh, absolutely left it off my card. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't pull the trigger all the way. It almost got into the wager pass. It almost got into everything. Like, I, I'm pissed at myself. I, I left three winners off the card last night. It, oh my goodness, I can't get over it. Well, then next time you chose to do that, you'll leave three losers off the card and it will balance out. Perhaps. Perhaps. You know, I've been losing a lot of language. games by hooks lately. So you can either get discouraged about that or you can be encouraged. And, you know, I, I tend to rely on the latter. So, you know, baseball is such a hard sport to handicap and if you're getting that close and you're losing you know games by a hook or you're pushing which i think on the hoop ball roster i probably have the most pushes like i i, I shit you not uh but miami toronto i'm looking at another under here it opened at eight and a half at minus 115 it's now minus 103 minus 105 in some spots of under eight got pablo lopez and my boy Alec Manoa on the mound had that phenomenal debut. Uh, I am going to be looking at him getting a phenomenal start here again. I think, you know, this kid is good. I think he's got a favorable matchup against the Marlins who have zero offense. And I also like the fact that we can get some decent shading and some good money uh, on under eight, my bookie has it at even money. And then we also have Bovada that has it at plus one Oh five. So there are 
a decent amount of ways to play this, you know, different things that you may want. I was just looking over uh, Greg Gibson, the umpire, seeing if he had anything that stuck out. Um, there's a system I'm tracking, tracking average AL teams, which, you know, right now Toronto is pretty average. You know, they're only three games over 500. Average AL team versus the NL, 63% winning and plus 11% ROI. Minus 170 is just way too much juice on the number for me on the Blue Jays on the money line. I like to stay under 150 or at 150. Uh, Minus one and a half on the run line plus 125 for the Rays. Uh, Or I'm sorry, the Jays. You know, that is something I would look at just for the simple fact that the Marlins can't score runs. But Pablo Lopez is a good pitcher on the other mound. So I could definitely see some influx of strikeouts for the Blue Jays. So right now I'm just looking at under eight. I'm thinking that there's going to be decent pitching performances from both teams. And then the anemic offense of Miami will help us get there also. And that game is at 6.07 p.m. Central Standard. Yeah, my, my, uh, Marlins on the road is not a spot I like to be at. Yeah, it's it's easy to not back them um, yeah. on the road. The Blue Jays, I was looking at some team totals, but yeah, yeah. I'm on the under on the full game. It's moved from minus 110 to standard juice to uh, even money. So that gives me a little like fishy feeling like, Oh, why'd it move 15 cents or whatever? But uh, it's probably cause lineups are getting set and maybe they see, you know, certain guys are in blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, Marlins against righties, not a strong spot for them or the Marlins on the road. Um, so if the juice wasn't so high on the blue Jays, I'd be looking to back them. But instead, I will be sitting under eight. Yeah, I don't see anything about this game that excites me, really. I like Pablo Lopez just as a pitcher. Right, right. He's always someone I like watching. Him and Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, I really wish they could have a better team that's surrounding them. Yeah. Uh, Washington and Atlanta. I about gave up hope on this division, but last night I actually... uh, did really well with the uh, NL East aside from the Mets choke job and um, totals from last night in the NL East. I went two and zero in the wager pass. And uh, you know, some folks might've thought I was insane because I was running my same head in the same wall expecting different results. But uh, lo and behold, the wall broke and we hit the over after missing by a hook the night before in the Washington Atlanta game. So I'm just going to go for the over again in this game because the bullpens, the bats, I mean, the reasoning is all the same, except that today we got John Lester, a lefty on the mound, Drew Smiley, a lefty on the mound, both terrible ERAs, peripheral numbers, terrible John Lester aging, allowing like, you know, four runs in the first two innings, three innings, every start pretty much. 
Atlanta, too much firepower. Washington, too much firepower, especially against lefties. Look for Juan Soto, Trey Turner, uh, as well as Josh uh, Harrison for the Nationals to have a game. I'm thinking people for Atlanta, uh, specifically Ozzy Alves, Acuna, uh, Austin Riley, uh, Contreras for the Braves hits lefties really well. So I'm looking for some middle of the pack guys for Atlanta to take care of business and to, and to scratch two runs, three runs across in a spot that we wouldn't expect. And then, you know, Zimmerman hitting 366 against lefties. Uh, Victor Robles can get it done. Kyle Schwaba. Every time I say his name, it makes me want some Schwama. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you have to say it like that. Yeah, I love Schwama. <laughs> uh, typically, we think of Starling Castro as a righty killer, but he's hitting 327 against lefties this year, which is probably well above his career average. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to take a guess. And this because I saw a lot of Castro in a Cubs uniform, but I I would say that his career batting average against right or lefties is probably 244 or less. Oh, so and this year something's changed. Yeah, yeah. I think you know just kind of where he's at in the lineup. You know, he's he's a more seasoned veteran, obviously. And uh, you know, Starling Castro is a smart hitter. Don't get me wrong. But long story short. Over 10, we're, we're expecting some double digits. Yeah, so many runs. It is. It is, uh, you know, but hey, someone's got to do it. Someone's yeah, do it. I don't see how you do anything else. John Lester actually hasn't been as bad as I thought he was. I mean, Washington. he hasn't been good. Yeah, his last start, what, he made it like four or five innings, I think it was. Uh, four innings, one earned run. Oh, he only gave up one? Okay. For some reason, I thought the two games before that it was six and five. So uh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I like the over. I do. I mean, I just there. There's not a lot, a lot of value for me on either side. Yeah, I don't love this game. Run line, money line. Uh, man, I didn't realize how bad the Nationals were. They're seventeen and thirty-two. We were talking about how. Or no, good no, I'm the, sorry, that's over unders. <laughs> we were talking about how good the NL East is going to be. One team has an over 500 record. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a lot of it's because they're beating up on each other and injuries. But yeah, the Mets are the best team in the NL East. That's gross. I think the Mets are about to take off. I agree. I have that I, feeling too. I think Philly's sinking towards the middle and the bottom of the pool. Washington, uh, they're probably already cooked. Um, Atlanta just cannot get healthy. They're not getting Soroka back. Getting Soroka back was going to be a, you know, that was a big part of my preview on them and being higher on them than what I am. Yeah. And their pitching and their bullpen's not done what they needed him to do. Max no. Freed has not stepped up. Uh, he was supposed to step up for them in Soroka's absence. Charlie Morton is just. I don't know what's going on with that guy, but then they're rolling guys like Drew Smiley out in their rotation. Like, come on, uh, Atlanta. Like, yeah, Drew Smiley should have been good. Drew Smiley. He's, he's better than this, but he's having a horrible year. He was in Anderson Joe last year. Oh, was he? Yeah. 
Well, he's got some MLB stats from last year, so he must have done a bit of both. He could have. Yeah. This game's gross. I don't like this game. I just like the over because both bullpens are just so terrible. Both bullpens are bad. Both pitchers are bad. Hey, breaking news. Chicago, Cleveland postponed. What? Yeah. It said light rain. Well, that's Chicago for you. Weather changes quick. Yeah. So, yeah, that game is off the books. Cincy, Philly, off the books. And we got a handful of games to talk about. So our first game isn't starting till afternoon. Yeah. Mets Diamondbacks, our first game today. That's stupid. No, Cubs Padres, 120. Is that what you said just got? Chicago White Sox. Oh, White Sox. Yeah. So you think the Cubs have to be postponed too, right? I know they're. The White Sox are on the road. They're in Cleveland. Oh, okay. 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 I'm putting it together now. Man, the Cubs jumped to minus 130. Another nickel. Yep. Jeez Louise. Okay. Um, let's rapid fire the last four here. Um, Boston, Houston. Nick Pavetta. Framble Valdez. I was high on Framble Valdez last time out. Didn't work for me. I think Houston's got Boston's number right now in this series. I agree. Houston minus 145. It's a lot of juice, but the rules on that contest that I'm playing in is uh, minus 150 or less. So with Framble Valdez, oh boy, though, Boston against a lefty. Yeah, that's not that's not where you want to be. Exactly. Oh. But Boston's struggling right now, though. So maybe it doesn't matter. I think the Astros are another team that's they're they've taken off. Yeah. Well, they got all their guys back. They got Jordan Alvarez back in the lineup. They got Yuli Gurriel back in the lineup. Uh, their their lower part of the lineup guys like Miles Straw, uh, Tucker, Kyle Tucker, Kyle Tucker, Kyle Tucker, <clears throat> uh, Jones. Can't re- I can never remember his name. I heard it on the broadcast last night. But those guys kind of stepped up. And then the big guy, uh, Chaz McCormick, uh, the big guys that you thought, you know, should and most definitely need to step up have, you know, an Altuve, Correa, Bregman. So I really like Houston in this spot. Framble Valdez, a lefty, yes, but a, above, an above average, more than capable lefty with strong stuff. And I just honestly think that we see Boston right now in a vulnerable position. And I'm looking to back Houston. And I'm looking at the total, and I just don't have an opinion on it. I wish I did. I wish I had three plays on this because I got to make up ground to get to my 162 on the Red Sox. But... Oh, hey. I had Catalan under nine. Both teams are facing decent pitchers. Yeah. Red Sox are better against righties. The Astros are thrown out a lefty. The Astros are better against lefties, but the Red Sox are thrown out a righty. Right. They're both decent. Um, both have decent bullpens, right? The Astros have a good bullpen. Or am I they mistaken? Do. They do. Yeah. That's at least middling. Um, 
man, we got conflicting data again. Like Astros over under record on the year, 32 and 19 to the over in one push. Hmm. 19 and 12 at home. That's because their offense can just blow up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Astros are still good against against right handed pitching. And they're it's hot just not right as now. good. Like they're they're seeing the ball well right now. Yeah. I kind of like the minus one and a half plus one thirty five. I was looking at the I was maybe looking at doing that, backing them on the money line, and then taking their team total over four and a half. I was over four and a half on them last night, hit by a hook. So it's a dome. They're at home. It's a home dome. Uh-huh. Over four and a half, minus one twenty. I'm gonna do that. Uh I'm gonna back Houston in three different ways. Yeah, I might back them on the running on the run line. Run line, money line. It's very intriguing total. to me. Yeah. Houston train, baby. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Don't wake up tonight, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think on the road, and I'll Pavetta pitching. And not against Astros. Pavetta's last couple starts, he's been so yeah, he Texas. Has been. Colorado, another game I left off the card last night. Went to extra innings in Colorado, and the under still hit by like seven runs. That's crazy. How unpredictable is baseball? So unpredictable. <laughs> Jordan Lyles, Antonio Centazella on the mound, both righties. I'm going over 11 on this one. It's either they hit or they don't. When they go under at home, Colorado, that is, is by a lot. But if they go over at home, is by a lot. And with guys like Lyles and Cintanzella, both fly ball pitchers, both with not that great of movement, I think that the power of Texas will be able to come through tonight. I think the timely hitting and the sneaky power of the Rockies tonight will be huge. And the biggest thing for me on this one is the fact that both of these pitchers have issues keeping guys off of the base path. Now, I'm not expecting tons of dingers and this and all that. Like, we could see it get done tonight by both teams having like eight, nine hits each, like just singles, doubles, walks, singles, doubles, walks, mm-hmm. rent, wash, rinse, repeat. I think that's kind of what we're on track for tonight. And I wanted to go the under last night. I don't honestly know why I pulled it off the card. But I even looked at it and I said, I've been bad at picking overs in Texas games. I've noticed Colorado is significantly an under team at home this year and their offense is terrible. So last night, like that should have just been an easy play for me. Tonight, yes, those two things still stand, but it's the pitching matchup. Last night, the pitching matchup, you know, there, there were good pitchers on the mound tonight. Not so much. Uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for some success from both these offenses. Yeah. Both pitchers are not very good. All their X stats kind of match their actual stats. So that's, that's nice. I guess nice change of pace. The Rockies are actually pretty good at home. We talked about how bad they are on the road. Right. Last week, which was embarrassing. They've won one since, by the way. They're four and twenty-two now on the road. Oof. But they're smashing seventeen and twelve at home. Rangers are bad on the road, nine and twenty-one. I'm really liking this Rockies money line plus a hundred. Yeah, 
I, I think uh, getting even money is a is a good number. I tried to go for the Colorado trifecta last night. They were up by, you know, they were covering the run line for most of the game, and then it went to uh, extras. And, uh, well, they ended up squeaking out the 3-2 win. But look, Texas has had five straight unders. That's weird because they have such a capable offense. They do. But, you know, you look at the offenses that they were going against in those five straight games. You know, they had that four-game set with the Mariners. They don't score a lot of runs right now, and they're not very healthy. And then Colorado, you know, we we talked about the anemic like tendencies of their offense, and uh, yeah, five straight unders for the for the Rangers. That's crazy. So it's a balancing act, Blake. Water levels out. It is. So I think it's time to get an over. Colorado's had three straight unders, combined eight straight unders for these teams, and at least. You know, I didn't dig past the last five. Yeah. So uh, over 11. <laughs> That's a lot of room. <laughs> uh, Senzatella is in the first percentile in chase rate in a bad way. Nobody chases. Ah. 5%, five percentile in whiff percentage. He strikes out nobody. He doesn't walk a lot of guys either. So he doesn't. Why was I thinking he did? No, six six point six walk rate, which pretty is pretty low. low. Yeah, nothing remarkable, but it's it's low. So he's very Babbitt dependent. Yeah, which and is a varying stat. Yes. What is the weather like in? Uh, it's we pretty pretty minimal. And clear, four mile per hour wind to left field. Yeah, nothing exciting. Yeah. Won't be very humid. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like the I like the Rockies money line on this one. Rockies money line from Blake. Over eleven from me. Absolutely. Uh one last point on that. Texas opened at plus one oh seven. They're now minus one fifteen. What I've noticed in Texas games, because I'm personally 0-2 on them when they have this giant shift, they lose. <laughs> okay. That's something. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I've noticed it just because the last two times that the markets jumped like that on them, I've lost, but I felt good about it. So, yeah, nonetheless. Um, St. Louis, Los Angeles, we got the wild card Martinez who makes handicapping Cardinals games a shit experience. Walker Bueller, Bueller on the mound for the Dodgers. Did the overhit in this game last night because these bats, no, it didn't. It went 3-2. Uh, yeah, it was a low-scoring game. Um, they went over seven, scored 13 combined runs in the first game. With Martinez alone being a wild card, and you know he's allowed a lot of runs, and he's overachieved his last start or two, I would say. You know, it, it's crazy that the Dodgers, their run line bet at minus one and a half is minus 120. But then you look at the plus one and a half for the Cardinals, and it's only plus one oh five. Tell me something ain't fishy there. That, yeah, they don't. <laughs> do they want us to stay away from this? That is damn close. Damn close. Minus two forty five on the money line. That's yeah. ridiculous. Like minus two forty on the money line, plus two hundred as an underdog for the Cardinals. But then the run lines that close. That don't make no sense to me. Yeah, Carlos Martinez has not been good this year. Mm-mm. It was a little better in May, to be fair. 
Al is, Gibson the third under record nine and zero as the number. Really, nine and zero to the under. Yeah, we going over eight in this one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just off battle, I you know, I, I could see the Dodgers scoring eight runs themselves. Yeah, yes, I could too. So. I'm going to keep that one short and sweet and just say over eight. Yeah, and Bueller hasn't been quite as good as it appears. I mean, he's still been very good. But yeah, I think that's kind of a good play. Yeah. For Hal Gibson the third, you, uh, boy, you, you got to start calling some balls there, man. You can't be striking. Yeah. Ever. Big old strikes then, huh? That ain't fun. Well, Carlos Martinez strikes out nobody. True. So maybe he'll get a couple tonight. Maybe an over on a Carlos Martinez strike prop. I wonder what it's set at. I bet it's like three and a half three or four and a half. half. That's what I was thinking. I bet it's four and a half because odds makers are a-holes. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they don't want you to win. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Let's look it up right now. I've got it popping open. They don't have one set for Martinez. Just Bueller. How convenient. Bueller's a six and a half at plus 108. Oh, Carlos Martinez right here, over four, minus 11. Uh, over four. At least they give you a chance at a push. Yeah. At least. I kind of like that, but no, I don't know. Well, let me. It's nothing exciting. Let's see. Uh, strikeout percentages here real quick. I'm going to see how. How badly. Los Angeles strikes out because I can't uh, imagine it being too high. Medium. Oh, wow. They're 20th in the majors and 9.25 strikeouts per game. Yeah. Averaging 10 over their last three. And at home, they average more strikeouts than they do on the road. Not by much, but 9.36 strikeouts at home. That's something. I just don't see Martinez going deep enough and being the guy to get half of those runs. Or half of those strikeouts. So, yeah, it's, it's a stay away game. I don't like it. It's gross. I'm only doing the over because I like to go opposite of, uh, you know, those crazy, crazy umpire uh, stats. So, yeah. that's purely the only reason, listeners, why I'm playing this game. I mean, decent odds at minus 115 is getting the shading, you know, the favored shading. Uh, over eight. I mean, that's uh, just how I'm looking at it. And the wind is blowing out to center field yep. seven miles an hour. Yep. yep. So. High humidity. Yeah. It's all pointing it over. Yeah. Uh, last game on the MLB card, we're going to be talking about your Seattle Mariners and the Oakland A's. Sean Manaya, the lefty, 3.86 ERA, 3 and 2 record against Chris. Flexing five and two on this year, 4.34 ERA. This guy's kind of just been a revelation for y'all. Yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Win. Yeah, he just all he does is win for y'all. <laughs> five and two record, pretty That's dang good because no one else is gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, no one else. <laughs> um, so I was high on the Mariners in this one last night because Flexen's been pitching great. Sean Manaya, his peripherals have been catching up to him a little bit. He's a lefty. Mariners got some guys that bop lefties. I hate that Kyle Lewis just had seizing end in surgery. Sad. Um, mm-hmm. Great, great, great talent. But, you know, 
y'all have prospects to bring up so yeah that's kind of the story of carlos's career so far though yeah and like i think he's towards acl like a month after they drafted him or something and didn't he he won the rookie of the year right yeah and he also won the golden spikes in college yeah i mean he's a great player just yeah i'm afraid he's gonna be one of those brandon roy type of guys yeah yeah it just kind of keeps happening um anyways you know we're at plus 135 for the mariners money line right now I definitely like that because I was on plus 125 last night before going to bed. When I checked it this morning, it was still plus 125. I like the Mariners as an underdog at home. I'm looking at under eight. It's uh, just for the simple fact that there were so many runs scored between these two teams last night. And we have better pitching today. So I believe the Mariners and that strong bullpen that they had for like a month straight can show resemblances of what they were again tonight and they can get over 500. I mean, here's a chance for uh, the Mariners to get to 29 and 28. So, um, yeah, I think the Mariners money line is a good bet. The upgrade to left-handed pitching, you know, how they hit it is uh, definitely huge. You know, they got guys like Nottingham, France, Crawford, uh, all hitting over 300, uh, some eight, nine, 700 OPSs. The down tick for the A's pitching against or uh, hitting against a righty. Um, can't really say there is a huge down tick, but they are definitely average. And guys like Jed Lowry goes from hitting 400 against lefties to 200 against righties. Guys like Mark Kana. And Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. I mean, Matt Chapman's only hitting 171 against righties. And Flexen just gets guys out. I mean, he's got a pretty decently high contact rate, if I remember right. But he's getting guys out. And, you know, the Seattle defense is not terrible. Y'all got a decent bullpen there. And, yeah, I'm looking to back the underdog tonight. Yeah, I like the Mariners defense a lot. Yeah, Flexen doesn't strike out anybody and doesn't walk anybody. But he's definitely letting some balls get hit that's for sure but i mean yeah. he's, he's balanced you know it's not like he's letting everything go through the air or on the ground um i just think this is where sean Manaya slips up against a uh i apologize blake but a lesser team <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're speaking my language why are you apologizing um so yeah yeah i like flexing he, he just bounces his fastball on his cutter really well and so he doesn't give up a lot of hard contact it's kind of that uh Oh my God! Who's the guy that made the cutter so famous for the Yankees? Uh, Andy Pettit. Oh, uh, Mariano Rivera. Rivera. I couldn't get Chapman out of my head. Mariano Rivera. It's kind of that 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 mentality. Just weak contact. That's what that's what Flexen does. Right. Right. Um, The matchup is. uh, I I think it's just really much so in favor of. uh, of the uh, the Mariners here. The offensive production happened last night for the A's. I, I think today it's going to be a little less. And um, that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. I think that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I think it's a good spot. The A's are not very good against righties. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Well, that's the MLB card. And we had a ton to talk about. Um, lots of stuff to cover. 
lots and lots of good angles. We got some great plays. We got some tally site pick selections. Um, we've got some free plays coming. We've, I mean, we've got an abundance of uh, anything and everything that you could ask for. And yeah, I just submitted 19 picks on tally site. I, <laughs> I just did it as we were talking. I'm probably going to be uh, close to the 30 mark. <laughs> I, I go for a lot of trifectas in baseball. and Yeah, uh, I've, I've learned that just kicks my ass, though. Yeah, which is probably why I'm last in MLB rankings. So, <laughs> But full transparency uh, disclosed, I am, uh, you know, like percentage-wise, like I'm not terrible. I just, uh, you know, there's a lot of smart people that we're, uh, we're betting against. So, Yeah, that's just to show you how hard baseball is. It is only a few guys are positive out of the 30, whatever people on tally site for MLB, like six or seven of them are positive money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a long season. That's for sure. It's pretty. Hey, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this college baseball stuff. You know, the college world or the college baseball tournament starts Friday. Ooh, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah. Me and Doug. So two hoop ballers are at, one and two on Moneyline expert rankings. I thought for I the saw year. that. I I saw that. Look at that. Look at that. One and two. Hoopa. Riley Riley for NBA stuff. He's top five. Yeah, he does a lot of baseball stuff. I didn't like know. on on tally site. Wait, he's holding out. Riley All right, sorry, I interrupted you. I was excited. No, you're good. <laughs> I just wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, regional that Gonzaga is going to be in because there are some interesting teams in this Gonzaga regional. I can't say Gonzaga Regional because they're not the one hosting it. But uh, let me, other than, so I really like the Lubbock Regional. We got number eight, Texas Tech, going up against Army. Army, you know, I wouldn't sleep on them as a baseball team. North Carolina versus UCLA. Uh, Those are the four teams in the Lubbock Regional. I would expect Texas Tech, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say UCLA to come out of that uh, grouping there. Uh, the two favorites, I know, exciting, but uh, Texas Tech just has some dominant pitching. Um, I got to talk about my Oklahoma State Cowboys because they're in the Tucson Regional. Number five, Arizona hosting Grand Canyon University. They got into the NCAA tournament. Now they're in the NCAA baseball tournament. Look for Grand Canyon to win at least one game in this uh, in this regional, I would say. And then Grand Canyon we, University athletic program is really starting to take off. It's really good. It's really good. Do they have a football team? Like uh, they are uh, Division Two, I think. Division Two, okay. Yeah. Division Two or Division Three. And what's funny is they started off as like one of those Devry schools, like University of Phoenix kind of things. Yeah, dude, I'd love um, for them to make the jump to to Division it, One and enjoy the Mountain West. Yeah, like that would be That'd a be great sick. addition. Perfect fit. Basketball specifically. Yeah, they're a good basketball program. UC Santa Barbara, which I'm not looking forward to, is who Oklahoma State's got to face first in this regional. I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> Santa mm. Barbara's damn good. Those UC schools for baseball, UC Irvine, UC Santa Barbara, UC Davis, you're going to see a lot of those folks in the baseball tournament, the College World Series. They just, you know, and there's so many major leaguers that come from those teams. Um, yeah, there are. I want to talk about. I'm still looking for this Gonzaga one. I keep getting distracted by the other 
phenomenal regionals that we got. Um, I'm so stoked for this tournament. I, I, I know we didn't talk any college baseball all year whatsoever, uh, but this is a very, very exciting tournament. You know, there are some very fun things to keep an eye out on. Uh, we talked about Dallas Baptist being a low-key uh, team to watch out for, and guess who they just hired as their new coach? Hit me. He played for the Astros in the early 2000s. And he was a bopper. And he was a for the Astros, the third baseman. Mm-hmm. Whatever his name is, I can't think of. It was either Han- third or first base. Lance really Berkman. handsome man. Lance Berkman. Oh, Lance Berkman. That's not who I was thinking of. I uh, I can't remember who uh, played third or first, but yeah, Lance. Berkman no, he played first. first baseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Lance Berkman got hired at Dallas Baptist. Really? Um, and they're in this Fort Worth regional with TCU, who has one of the best pitching staffs in the country. My team, McNeese State, love the McNeese Cowboys. I love them. <laughs> Dallas Baptist, Oregon State. That's going to be a phenomenal regional right there. I'm looking for the two Texas teams to come out, TCU, Dallas Baptist, and uh, we'll see how that goes. The... Gonzaga Regional. Here we are. Found it finally. Uh, okay, so it's the Eugene Regional. Oregon, the Ducks are hosting. They're the number 14 team in the country. They are going to be taking on Central Connecticut State in their first game. Central Connecticut State, probably the most least talented, most least, that's not, the, the least talented, huh. uh, the, the least talented team in all of the college baseball tournament teams. They purely got in on an automatic bid. Central Connecticut State, if you know anything about them. Uh, basketball, they're a pure fade. We were on fading them a lot, even if it was a 30-point spread. Uh, LSU and Gonzaga are facing off in their first game, and that is going to be a really good game. Uh, three or 10 p.m. on ESPN3, Friday night. Tune in. I think that's going to be a great game. This is going to be a fun regional. Obviously, the host, Oregon, is going to be who I picked to move out. But, hey, let's ride this Gonzaga train. I, I think Gonzaga's got a great program there. they got some good arms, and we talked about them last week. So let's, let's just keep an eye on this Gonzaga team throughout the College uh, World Series. Yeah, like any turn on. Is it starting here soon? Uh, it all starts Friday. Okay. Like 100 games on Friday. <laughs> That's cool. It's, it's just... God, dude, it's one of the best things ever. I wish it was just promoted more and more easily accessible. Yeah, it's not. And like, you know, what pisses me off is you look in the ESPN app and you got to dig and dig and dig to get to an NCAA baseball tab, NCAA women's softball tab too. They hardly televise any freaking games all season, but yet ESPN gets to come in big dog chomp and get every single postseason on College World Series game. Bump that. That's yeah, stupid. I that I honestly like I dislike ESPN a lot. Uh, they're start in my adulthood. Like I'm starting to learn more and more stuff about them. Realize their credibility is not like there's good information, sure, but for the most part, ESPN's garbage. ESPN has turned into essentially MTV. There's yeah. a, there's their reality show now. Every yeah. every program on ESPN is some stupid reality show or some talking head says something ridiculous. They're not loyal to their to their no. uh, 
they're reporters. You know, they they just seemingly over the last four years are just taking. They've gotten rid of all the good ones. Great personalities that have been there, and they're just like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, I haven't watched ESPN. I think they're still good at game broadcasting. Like their college basketball broadcast, I think are still oh, really yeah. good. College basketball is phenomenal for ESPN. But, like yeah. Big Monday, Super Tuesday, all yeah. that good stuff. But their actual show programs are so awful. I haven't watched them in 10 years. I bet I haven't watched sports center in 10 years. I've tuned in here and there, but like I usually, if I'm on ESPN, I'm watching a game. Like I, yeah, I don't same. really use their app too much. I'm an action network guy. I love the interface on their app. I use shoot. I, the Google scoreboard is awesome. I've got all my notifications set for every division one basketball school. <laughs> so <laughs> When Damn, that's a lot of notifications. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. I get scoreboard <laughs> notifications like a mother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to this baseball tournament. Arkansas, the overall number one seed. Uh, there's some really fun teams to look out for. UC Irvine's going to be in the Stanford Regional playing against North Dakota State, Stanford, and Nevada. Some Mountain West love there for you. Like I said, that Lubbock Regional is going to be fun. Tucson I'll be looking at because of my pokes. Go Cowboys. Oxford Ole Miss is hosting Southeast Missouri State, Florida State, and Southern Miss. Southern Miss, I think they move out of that regional. Ole Miss and Southern Miss, I could definitely see that happening. I am uh, not going to talk about every regional here, but there are some really good ones. Maybe tomorrow's show, I dig into every single one of them, get familiarized with the teams involved, maybe throw out some pitching player uh, profiles there and uh get you prepped and ready to go to enjoy some college baseball so i wonder if baseball was wasn't designed the way it is where it takes guys five years to get to the big leagues if college baseball would be more popular that's a good point because a lot of the people watching the college baseball probably like well like these kids aren't going anywhere like for the most yeah. part, 90 like, percent of those players you know and the big ones that are going to go somewhere you're going to you're not going to see them for five years Right. Yeah. College baseball is really weird, but I think it definitely needs more some more surface notoriety and coverage. I mean, I'm thinking, I do love how players get drafted like during their season. Oh yeah. And so like when you're watching the World Series and a player comes up, it'll say who drafted them. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. And speaking and, of which, the draft is coming soon. The draft is very very soon. Uh Yeah. The who's got the number 1 pick? Ooh, I just saw it and I forgot. Is it the Pirates? I think it's the Pirates. I would think it's the Pirates, yeah. Yeah, it's the Pirates, I think. Anyways, MLB Draft Talk. That's probably for another podcast, but we covered some games. We covered some games. We talked some college baseball, too. We did some ramblings. Um, I didn't throw any music stuff out. Uh, a song that I listened to, I kid you not, probably 20 times yesterday, I just kept starting it over and over. It just really good and it's a funky cool little video if you want to watch it on youtube it's uh, a band called Dayglow, and uh the song is can i call you tonight very like vibey sound just kind of sway dance move music nice cool guitar chords soft reverb vocals delay on the vocals all sorts of fun stuff catchy drums the video is really fun they do some yeah. really funny and, and even like Dayglow, that's what it sounds like it would be yeah so 
they sound peppy, but I think the guy's depressed. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, he's a musician. I would assume yeah. he is. Interpret it for yourself. Um, okay, listeners, today's show has been really fun. It was a little longer, but that's what happens when you have two people together that like to do shows together and are knowledgeable on lots of things. It just, you know, it, it runs long. That's how it goes. Um, Blake is at Blake LaWatch on Twitter. I am at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. Collectively, as a whole, as a group and a show, we are at Hoopball Gaming. Do not forget hoop-ball.com and go over there, look at the wager pass, decide if those corn dogs and those lattes are worth it. I think you'll soon realize that they're not and that you can be winning money with us. I had a positive night in the wager pass last night after two straight days of losing VIG. Records getting there. And uh, we are starting to just take off. Like, you know, we we got going a while ago, but Blake and I are starting to hit our strides in our high-volume MLB betting. Uh, We got a lot of things working, and HoopBall is a growing. So don't forget about that recruitment call at the beginning of the show. If you think you can talk sports, if you can write sports, if you can – Make sales calls. If if you think you can help HoopBall, reach out. We love adding folks to the team. Blake, you used to be a listener. Sure was. Still I am. I mean, that's you and a couple of other guys were like my first like core DM people, like talking the breeze back and forth about different games and just pure shooting the breeze and this was before wager pass and the discord stuff so yeah it was you know yeah, i remember uh dan announcing the show that there was going to be a sports betting show and i was pumped yeah yeah almost two years ago holy hell that's crazy huh wow <laughs> boy we're approaching 300 episodes i know that oh so we'll have a special 300th episode coming up I think we're in the 260s right now, 270s. So we got a little ways to go. Toward the end of the season, yeah. So Not middle season. Maybe it'll be an all-star episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what day that 300th, uh, 300th episode is going to fall on. Uh, middle of July somewhere. Yeah, dog days of summer. Uh, baseball. Hot and trotting. So. <laughs> All righty. Well, he's Blake. I'm Devin. This is at Hootball Gaming today in sports betting. You know where to find us. I've reminded you multiple times. Don't forget to check out our affiliate tally site. Get familiar with them. About to go public, quote unquote. Do not forget the promo codes. And don't forget that I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. We got a chance to make some money today. We got a chance to be safe and be kind. So let's do all those things. Blake, thanks again for jumping in, bud. I'm glad that we were able to make it happen this uh, midweek. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm a little bummed. These day games got postponed. Yeah. I'm going to have to be an adult for a couple hours instead of doing nothing and watching baseball. Yeah, take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I got things to do. Yeah, whatever. All right. Well, Blake, you go do your things. I'm probably going to start doing some work here. Um, I might need to make another tea or something. I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Today is a big day. It's just all sorts of extravagant events all over the place.
Um, all right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up here. Send it on out. Tie the bow. Lick the envelope. Today in sports betting is out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.